There's a place some of us go each fall, a place where the ring of a bell filters through the covers, and hurried shouts of bird up bring everybody to attention, a place where the playful puppies around our house are transformed here to driven bird finders, and where there is confidence in the slow pace of the silver-muzzled old veterans where our friends tell the same old stories each year, and none of us seem to mind. Where great shots are forgotten, and epic misses never fade. Where an old gun will have a story to tell, if only it could speak to us. Where all the good seats are claimed by the dogs. If you have a camp, you know these things all too well. And if you don't, well, you're always welcome here. So pull up a chair, tell us about your favorite gunner dog, and we'll admire the birds together and talk the night away by the fire. Welcome to Bird Camp. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Bird Camp podcast. This is not one of my typical guests. Of course, there's only been a handful and none of them have been typical yet. Uh, but this one is special. Uh, this is a new hunter, uh, one year in something I don't usually get to talk much about or with people kind of in this uh, time in their hunting career. So with one year under her belt hunting, uh, welcome Lisa Ann. Hey, thank you. And and I'm I'm just about a year or two over 12, so <laughs> <laughs> new hunter. <laughs> well, uh, we'll yeah. believe that you're just over 12. <laughs> But uh, welcome to the podcast, Lisa. And I'm I'm fascinated by your story since once uh, once we finally met. Um, but uh, especially too the part where you had dogs long before you ever hunted, um, among a bunch of other things. But how did you come? How did you come to be the to start hunting? How did you do that? Uh well, um, it was more of trying to trying to meet the right people. Um, I was living in the city, had an office in the city for 18 years. Um, my friends were the furthest from going outside. Um, they hung out at the bar, the art gallery. Um, so I tried to join a few groups and tried to just meet some different people and tried to go on some hikes. And um, I think the more people that I started to meet, it just sort of led me in the right direction. And um, as far as dogs go, I've had pointers for about 20 years. And I just found those are the dogs that fit me. They wake up really early in the morning. They have to run. Uh, being in the city, my backyard is probably the size of most people's kitchens. <laughs> so I had to, if I had to be at work at seven, I would have to run the dogs for an hour before going to work. And it was get the dogs out, get them run, um, you know, relax them for the day and go on with my day. And since I had my own office in Detroit, I pretty much had brought my dogs to work with me. So, um, for 
18 years, my dogs were just house dogs and work dogs. <laughs> no, I, sort of I, support. I, I do need to kind of then um, break in just a little bit here. When you said sure. pointers, you actually meant German short-haired pointer, right? Uh, or English actually, pointer. My very first dog was an English German short hair mix. So I found her uh, in the parking lot of a sporting goods shop and they had a hundred dollar price on her head. And I said, Hey, I've got a checkbook. Can I get her for 75? And he went, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She, she was a bargain. My next pointer was a, was a rescue and she was free. Okay. Now these were English pointers. Um, I thought you were, I thought you were under the, uh, the GSP umbrella there. Well, the rescue was a GSP and, um, they told me she was six. I think she was seven when I got her and, uh, she was a very, very sweet dog. She little, couple little issues. So I wanted to get her a little buddy and a little pal and, um, went for the puppy. So I got another GSP and he's who I have currently. And so we spent the first two years living in the city. Again, he was my, you know, my work companion. Mm -hmm. And then I decided one day, maybe I should, I should get him some kind of training and see what goes through a little, little bird dog's head. Like what, what do they need to stimulate them other than chasing a tennis ball or going into work? (laughs) So uh, after pretty much getting onto Facebook, finding a couple of groups that have just, just for German short hair pointers, I found someone who I had asked about dog training and ended up going and, and getting my dog trained and started dating the guy who shifted me off to <laughs> the dog trainer and found out he's a very, very big bird hunter and um, he's the head of education for Pheasants Forever and never really thought of bird hunting in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but here I am. I started pheasant hunting and grouse hunting and woodcock hunting. And uh, my, little, my little city dog is not a really good pheasant dog. He seemingly does not like planted birds. He doesn't like to smell human scent on a bird, but um, he's really good in the woods with woodcock and grouse. That's somewhat common. There's, I notice that there is a difference in dogs between a, a planted bird and a wild mm-hmm. bird, and, uh, right. and their behavior is definitely uh, changed between the two in, in many cases. But uh, right. So you had no experience then with hunting prior to meeting the meeting the guy that sent you off to the dog trainer <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i um I've, I've always liked the food mm-hmm. um had to hide it from some of my friends who were vegetarian and uh um you know a very good friend of mine that i would spend time birding we watched uh eagle's nest on belle isle for the first time in a hundred years and uh Every time we would see a deer on the island, I would look at it and just go, wow, that kind of makes me hungry. And she, 
she's she's very very much a vegetarian and she was very upset so i kind of had to back off a little so i do have some very dear friends that i i love deeply and i will keep them mm-hmm. a little distant from where i am now cuz uh it's been a year and i i moved out of the city moved to the country uh for me the country and uh we're on 2 acres of land and now we have three bird dogs <laughs> and um, uh, went deer hunting today. Tomorrow we're going to hopefully shoot some roosters and awesome. get some pheasants. So Yeah, yeah. Tonight, yeah. Uh, tonight was a little bit of venison tenderloin that uh, <laughs> it was not packaged real well. It had been rushed during, during the season and uh, we saw it in there and said, you know, we can either repackage it or it just gets cooked soon. So the, yeah. soon, the soon happened. I, I saved up my strength on the couch a while and I made <laughs> it through mashing potatoes nice. and cooking steak. And then nice. I took a small nap before I called you here tonight. Um, nice. So these food, this, you were more interested in the food then before the, the, the invitation to go hunting took over. Is that right? Well, yeah, I, um, I, maybe about 10 years ago, I moved, um, and had to change my shopping habits instead of living real close to a butcher. I had to start going to, you know, a big, big box store and I would bring home, never was a real big fan of going to these big stores and I, I would bring home a steak or a roast and I would gently prepare it at home and take a bite and say, what, what is this? And, you know, I'm paying a pretty good penny for, for food. I know that it's really important to, to buy some really good cuts of meat and it was not good. And I would put it in the dog's bowl and the dog sometimes would turn away and I'm mm. just thinking, so, so I really was, was very interested in the food and I wasn't finding real, what I wanted at the store. And, um, I, I did end up going to a doctor and I, I wasn't feeling tip top. And he said, Oh, you know, we can do all this and we can get you these meal shakes for two months and get you better. And I kind of looked at him and he said, just, you know, for $4,000, I'll get you meal shakes. And I said, what's a meal shake? And he said, well, you put it in, you know, a cup and you mix it and you drink it. And I said, what do, what do I eat? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was sitting there thinking $4,000, my car's worth more than that. I'm worth that. I should do this. And then I, I just can't drink a meal shake. I didn't know what it was. So I walked out of his office. I didn't sign the dotted line and I bought a couple books and started reading about nutrition. And I really like food and I really like preparing food. And I just, I wanted to cook and I wanted someone to bring me the food. It never occurred to me. I could actually go and get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had you had wild game before then? Yes, yes. Um, my father was a deer hunter, um, duck hunter, and I've gone on a couple wild game dinners, and I've always enjoyed it. 
um, I just enjoy the freshness of it. And, um, you know, if prepared well, most any food is, is really good if you take the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, uh, I, I, uh, you know, and, and my father was also a big fisherman. So we always had fish fries and, and fresh fish and he smoked salmon and it was, I just always knew that was a, a very good, healthy way of eating and, um, you know, preparing it wasn't a question. Uh, I just couldn't get my hands on it. You couldn't back maybe just four years ago. I'm not sure if you still can, because now I have access to it, but, uh, you can't just go and buy venison. <laughs> no. And when you can buy it, it's, well, you can buy farm deer, you know, just yeah. essentially a, a new kind of livestock. Yeah. And it is not cheap. Right. But, but then and again, I don't want to calculate how much money you might spend on shooting a deer either. Sure. I, I think in the long run, I think deer are much more economical than birds. <laughs> yeah, but you get to wear the cool clothes bird hunting. <laughs> cool clothes cooler guns you can smoke a pipe while you hunt there's a dog involved the whole way absolutely i don't know about the pipe but yeah i'll take my dog no i it was <laughs> you it was uh it was something to see and i've heard this before but to see my little dog uh as a matter of fact i i took my dog for a weekend training course and um out of 18 dogs, all sport dogs, we were, we were just, um, just outside of Metamora and nearly everybody were, almost everybody was there that, you know, we're in orange and they were men. And here I am little city girl with my dog and they're all cracking up and they're like, well, we're going to check and see if your puppy can handle a gunshot. And I said, well, I live in Detroit. <laughs> So that wasn't a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to see this little guy who spent two years of his life in the city and then to turn around and see him uh, just beautiful out in the woods and to shoot over him, it just, it, it was really cool. That was, I, I mean, I can't, I just can't wait to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is, it's, it's great to see. Um, mm hmm one of the things when I was in the, the NAVDA chapter uh, south of Grand Rapids, uh, the puppy introductions were always some of the funnest stuff to do because that first 10-week-old or, you know, just, just enough so that they can they have their shots. And, uh, yeah. And so th they're going to be safe that way. And then you start right. putting out those clip-wing pigeons or lock wings, and you just kind of let them slowly start to turn it all on. And there is yeah. nothing really more satisfying than seeing that. Um, right. until it comes to that new hunter and, uh, and making contact on that first bird or first deer or, uh, whatever it might be. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, and, and, and he's not the greatest on pheasant. And, uh, so that was a little disappointing. And then we went out in the woods and, and we're checking out, you know, grouse and woodcock and he's just, 
he's he's beautiful uh mm-hmm. he's not perfect and neither am i but it's just it's really really cool yeah. and uh it's something i didn't even um it, and duck duck is one of my favorite foods in the world i always wanted to open a duck restaurant have duck only have a real short opening for the door where you'd have to duck to get in awesome <laughs> I would go there. I know. And and I never ever who in the heck would go out in a swamp in the middle of when it's dark out. Uh and now I'm just thinking, wow, I want to go duck hunting. <laughs> it, there is I think as much beauty in the marsh waking up as just about anywhere else. And uh and when it does come to food, duck is one of the top and yeah oh man oh yeah well uh if if uh if if the timing is right i can um i can actually work for food and i've 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 been known to work for duck (laughs) (laughs) i heard that (laughs) i've been a little bit weak yet to actually hang that painting Um, ah that's that's quite right. I want to I want to be back up to full strength before I get up there and hang <laughs> on to it and if I ding it or something you'll see me in the obituaries but uh uh it'll be fixable. Well, I hope so. I'm going to be very careful. <laughs> but uh so you had dogs, you lived in Detroit. Mm-hmm. When you went to you said it was a wing and shot that you went to before before you met yes. Before you met Dave, he just kind of pointed you off toward these other guys and said, you want to hunt? Go that way, right? Yeah. Um, what, did yeah. That, what did that feel like? And, and I, I'm kind of wanting to get into, let's, let's talk about feelings. We can, <laughs> I'm going to get some hate mail at some point. Anyway, but the, the, the feeling though, and that's, it's something that a lot of people talk about or when no one else is listening, the you're you're a petite woman walking into a a beginner hunting scenario even right where mm-hmm. you're you're trying to learn um what was the crowd like and what was the reception like what what was part of that experience with you well i did kind of get into a local chapter and i really didn't know what to do and i wasn't going into this chapter in a dating scene I just I wanted I wanted food and I honestly at that point um kind of just figured hey if you guys have some extra food a couple steaks thrown my way I don't really (laughs) I don't have a gun I don't know anything and I wasn't given that great of direction in the beginning and and it's no one's fault because it was just getting into it um i was kind of told hey get a small gun and 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 go start with squirrels and watch a video and so thinking that was unsafe um i i ended up at a dnr class and uh david sent me there and it was it was a wing and shot and it was a 15 minute video followed by um you know, hey, grab this gun, here's some shells, and we're going to get you out shooting. And I, I did really good, and it was really fun. And at that point, it, 
it just something clicked and I, um, I, I wasn't quite sure about shooting. Um, I ended up with a pretty good size bruise on my bicep <laughs> mm-hmm. and went straight to the sporting goods store the next day, pulled my sleeve up and said, can you fit me for a gun? Cause something was off. And so it was all these little baby steps and I just, uh, you know, the beginning was kind of, I don't really think I want a gun. I don't really think this is where I want to be. Um, I'll, I'll go out, walk in the woods and follow you. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, I've, I've been out pheasant hunting. I've been on a European tower hunt. Um, I've been out in the woods, grouse and woodcock. Um, I have yet to clean anything. I have yet to, I did get a couple pheasant, um, but that's intriguing to me yet. I'm not sure if I'll be good at it. <laughs> I, uh, um, I was guaranteed the first time I shot something that I was going to have to field dress myself. Dad looked at me and said, you're not going to be very good at this. <laughs> wow. Confidence. But, but <laughs> He also said, too, there's really only one really good rule, and that is if you stand out here so long you're freezing, you're doing it wrong. So as long as the guts come out, we'll wash it out. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, and and it's no matter what it is, and I've learned the same thing, whether it's my boys and how to clean a fish or, mm-hmm. you know, I know Caleb has, has cleaned woodcock and stuff like that. And, you know, yep, you're going to be bad at it the first time. So what? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the idea of we need to separate the meat from the rest of the parts. Yeah. And and then from there, we can always wash something and then we turn it into food. And it, it's a confidence boost going, you know, as much as you're going to stink, you're not going to stink that bad. <laughs> I did watch a video on how to clean a duck. And because uh, I, I, I actually have had people bring me duck over the years and uh those are good I, friends. Been, I, yeah. And, and I miss them. I don't know where they're at, <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I watched a video and the guy was just really, really serious. And he did this really fast. He said, by the 3000 duck, you're going to be good at this. <laughs> yep. this. This is insane. So someone had given me duck maybe four years ago and, they weren't cleaned at all. And I looked at them and I'm like, what do I do? So I, I went to my local butcher and I said, can you help me? <laughs> Cause yeah. I don't know what to do, but I want this meat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So thankfully through the years, I have some pretty good friends that are, um, chefs and have kind of given me tips and hints, but, um, yeah, I'm still, it, this is all pretty new to me. Hmm. Thankfully, I've had people help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so you went to the wing and shot. Right mm-hmm. after that, you end up at the gun shop and say, I need a gun that fits me, which mm-hmm. I am so happy that you learned that lesson so fast. Mm-hmm. A gun that fits, yeah, at least modestly fits kind of close, um, is really important um but boy after that then did you then just grab your dogs and head out i know 
you, you ended up in a training scenario. Um, yeah, I, I took the dog. Uh, he went away for a month and um, came back home. Uh, I mean, again, I, I've got a, a great hunting partner who's who's sort of led me into this um, and, and he's head of education. So he is constantly talking gun safety and he's constantly talking um, and showing me different, you know, let's look for, tra- let's look for tracks, not footprints. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's look for tracks. I still call them footprints, mm-hmm. but uh, um, you know, let's, let's look here and these are the patterns and let's look for which direction they're going into. And, and uh, you know, I've been out turkey hunting twice and I think the first time I went out and shot with a Nikon, because I didn't even have my hunter safety yet. So that came along last summer. Hmm. And so after doing the hunter safety, then I could go out in a field and I kind of borrowed some guns. <laughs> and um, <laughs> now now I have three. A year ago, I had nothing. Yeah. Well, good. And I, and I, always, I already joked with you about this when I said those were rookie numbers. Um, <laughs> I at one point I had three twelve gauges. Ah, <laughs> I have. I've since made it three twenty gauges, um, <laughs> but anyway, I I'm also a notorious gun trader, so it's not like I stockpile large numbers of them. The second yeah. I get a big pile of them together that I don't all use that often, mm-hmm. I start to kind of get this look in my eye, like I wonder if I would use one different one. And yeah. How many of these would it take to get it? And right. That's kind of been the story of my life up to where I'm at now, but uh, you have so you have three. I, I um you went out deer hunting the other day, so I assume now you have a deer rifle or a shotgun I, in the shotgun zone. Uh, yeah, I've got a rifle. I I picked that up in October, um, and how that kind of came about was um, I was able to shoot the same rifle I was looking at. Um, I'm real petite. I am fitted for a youth model gun. So I have a, an absolute beautiful 20 gauge, um, that I, I love and I love shooting it. I love, um, trap shooting. I love going out in the field. And, um, ironically, I shoot that one right and left-handed, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, and, and then I've got the rifle. I was able to shoot, uh, a version, same exact version of the rifle, but I got the youth model. Mm-hmm. So, and I do have a handgun, so. No, no shame in that. Yeah. I have a couple. But also joined a gun club over, I think it was August of this year. So, um, you know, when I get out and, uh, learn a little more and, uh, people at the gun club have just been amazing. It's it's local here. It's 15 minutes. I can pop over there anytime. Um, I've had people say, "Hey, you're new at this. Come with me." And I, I look at them and say, "Well, I you know I don't have a gun on me right now. Well, don't worry, we'll get you one. Okay. Well, I don't have any ammo. Well, don't worry, we'll get you one." And halfway through shooting, I looked down and I said, "This looks like a really." kind of nice gun what you know how much is this gun and and someone said oh it, you know it's like six thousand dollars and i went 
Oh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> my guns are <laughs> something that I just I, I just enjoy shooting. I mm. mean, I just I love my guns and, and I'm looking very forward to getting out and getting a chance to shoot more. So kind of awesome that you have that available to you. And I've I've been a member of various gun clubs around. Uh, wherever I was working or wherever I was living, and mm-hmm. and they have varied a little bit. I I was for a long time a member of one that is, sounds a lot like the one you were at. Just I mean, you could show up with no gun, no earmuffs, no eyeglasses, yeah. nothing. Oh, I just wondered what skeet was like, and you're going to get handed, and very likely you're going to get handed a Browning because everybody had a Satori out there, as, uh-huh. whether it was a backup gun or their primary gun. Um, and on any given day, it could have been a Beretta or any number of other guns. But if right. you were interested, there was always ammo. There was always a gun. Um, right. And those old timers that in some clubs may not want to talk. They just kind of want to do their thing and go home. Um, <laughs> our old guys would, if you said, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And I would like you to tell me about this. Well, right. You've opened the floodgate. Uh, some of them you had to ask. but But once you asked. Mm-hmm. there was going to be a, a steady stream of advice given to you. And a lot of it was very solid advice. Um, but I'm glad to hear that that's kind of how it went with you. Well, and uh, ironically, this is the second time around. I joined this club with David, and he's been incredibly helpful with it. The My first time was in mid-Michigan. I was driving up to around Clare often, and I, I just I joined a gun club didn't know anything about it. And I just thought you could rent guns there. People would show you. I, I paid for the year and I never went. Mm. Uh, I know they were, they were giving classes um, just for women. um, But it always fell on days that I had to work and it, it just, it, the whole entire year came and went and I one time knocked on the door. Nobody was there. I didn't own a gun, so I didn't know, what do you do at a gun club? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when I did um, pick up my handgun, it took a couple months for me to to get it. I got my CPL, but um, we really did a lot of research on how do you buy a gun for someone who has a very small hand? My hands are small. What are the best guns? What fits well? What shoots well? What doesn't have a huge amount of recoil? Then I went to uh, gun ranges and tried them, rented them, and had started with six, went down to, you know, the last two, and um, chose the gun that I bought based on going to the store and, and putting it in my hand and just kind of feeling it. And, mm-hmm. you know, little cops and robbers or, or Western stuff was not something I did as a kid. So I went to the gun range just for my handgun um, quite a few times. And, you know, it wasn't an easy process because I wasn't uh, overly confident with it. And mm-hmm. so it, it took a little time for me to kind of jump over some hurdles. But now, I mean, the 20 gauge is just, it's my favorite. I love it. Right. And I, I think when they started doing the gun rentals where you could get 
a box of shells and a half hour of range time to see if the gun was what you wanted. Um, right. You know, a lot of them even do like a, a 10 shells for 10 bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. used, at least yep. used to do that. I don't think there's a better deal on the market if I just don't know if I like this gun. Well, here's 10 right. bullets. I need a $10 bill. You know, here's our, our range rules and see if you like it or not. And it, I, I, w- there isn't really a good way to do that with shotguns other than, you know, at the gun club and hope you see one that you're interested in right? Um, and borrowing it. But yep. uh, you're saying a few things in there though. Um, and I'm going to jump down a little bit in my notes just to kind of introduce this concept a little bit. I think the biggest difficulty you had in getting involved in, in getting your gun or in getting into uh, the hunting scene really came down to you just didn't have an opportunity or you didn't know where to go. Almost more uncertainty as the, the biggest barrier. Yeah, well, my my friends were artists and vegetarian and they would go out at for dinner at 10 at night and I started to want to go hiking in in the woods and my friend said well that's just crazy let's go to the bar and you know I wanted to do things and I didn't certainly talk about hunting with them um but at one point I just said, I just want to quit drinking. And they said, well, that's dumb. Let's just go to the bar. And I'm like, I think I need new friends. Well, <laughs> right. I, I'm just kind of looking at it then as the situation you were in, you almost had to kind of walk away from parts of it, at least just to, to be able to talk about it. Um, yeah. Uh, you, I wasn't. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, my dad was into hunting, but uh, you know, I, I didn't. It never really occurred to me that I, sh- I could go hang out with my dad and go hunting with my dad. He's kind of getting up in age, and um, I've talked to him a little bit about it, but I'm always in skirts and dresses, and my dad looks at me like, "You're not going to go out in the woods." <laughs> so I think I'm blowing his mind right this evening we really didn't see any deer and uh, and it was just so peaceful and so calm and I haven't shot a deer yet. This is my first year deer hunting. I have a day or two maybe left <laughs> of the season mm-hmm. and then we go into next year. So was it, um, was it good for me? It was, it was great for me because I was able to, again, be shown how to look, you know, for, for different things, for scrapes and what is a scrape. And, um, you know, these things are being explained to me now. And, um, I didn't get a deer. Um, David got a deer. So we're good for some, you know, for the, for the winter and for, for probably the year, but man, the, the food is just so good. And when cooked for, correctly and 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 gently and uh yeah I can't tell you how many times I have friends sit down and say what is this and it's like oh it's venison oh I didn't know and um there's a there's always a really funny story how I, I've made uh prepared a meal for my father and my mom's friend came in and 
and she said, oh, my God, it smells amazing. And she took a bite and she said, this is so good. And we said, yeah, it's venison. And she ran over and spit it out. <laughs> oh, and, boy. you know, it's a joke of the family because we just say, let's, you know, invite her over tonight. Let's get her some venison. Um, but, you know, to me, it's it's providing food and uh, nourishment and um certainly I don't like to watch those films that are depicting and, and there's certainly plenty of really bad, uh, you know, raising and, and slaughtering of animals. But when it comes to hunting, I think it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm kind of pulling in from where my family maybe came from. Um, because my grandfather was a hunter, um, mm-hmm. but um, I'm I'm kind of getting that whole, hey, a day out in the woods is better than no days in the woods. And right. when you can bring home some really lovely food, and I I've experienced that with my dad as a kid growing up. He he smoked salmon. We had this beautiful little smoker, and he smoked salmon that he caught. And we've had fish fries that he caught, and um, right. We uh, just... we had a conversation the other day, uh, myself and and a biologist here from the DNR, mm-hmm. and it did kind of just a little bit get into the perceptions of hunting, only yeah. in, in this because we mentioned and I and I like the illusion of a dinner party. You sit down at a dinner party, and of course, no one knows that you're a hunter there. Or right. maybe somebody does, and they've decided that they're going to ruin your evening. <laughs> the The thing that we have is, and that's why the, the do you think that hunting has a perception problem comes across so often, is I think that we've let somebody change our narrative, and whether it's somebody on social media that's posted something that makes us look bad, or we post something that makes oh, us look bad. Sure. Um, sure. And I think that people really latch on to those, and what they don't notice is is like this this previous conversation we were talking about clear cuts and how horrible they look and how people just absolutely despise it when <laughs> when they happen except that if you throw out all the game animals and you want to talk about the other things yeah you can sit there at that dinner party and talk about gold-winged warblers and mm-hmm. the various birds of prey that are going to feed on those small animals that come into those areas because you don't have ground squirrels and mice and things in big open forest the way you do in clear cuts and you can sure. sit there and avoid anything animal hunting related right and the only people that really seem to understand this in my perception from from the circles i run in are the hunters but we don't get that message maybe out that's true and um and 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 i agree with that because um in the last year, I have joined Pheasants Forever. I am looking at joining the Rough Grouse Society. Um, I have planted trees. I have um, been told and taught w- what um, w- about you know the environment and and how important that is. And you know, when you look at the big picture you're probably hearing people who don't um, care for hunting 
who have these sprawling homes and big cemented areas, where's where's the the area that uh, you know talk about clear cut? Everyone cuts down the trees and then names the streets after them for their <laughs> subdivisions, right? Right, and replaces it all with grass. Yeah, and and just concrete. And um, there's thankfully, I'm really lucky where I live now, which is. 42 miles north of where I did live a year ago, um, it, it was a 10-minute drive to 80 acres to go deer hunting. And, you know, once you walk out to that deer blind and you just sit and you're, in, you're just completely quiet, it's, it's beautiful. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. What will happen the first time I shoot a deer? I don't know. <laughs> I might... <laughs> Uh, I do see these European uh, um, customs that they take a branch from a tree and they bless the food, the the, the meal, um, and thank the animal for providing for the family. And I, I see that and I think I might have to do something like that somehow in my head. Um, or I'm, I might cry. <laughs> Talk about feelings. I might... I don't know, um, but they're beautiful animals, and it beats that steak that I bought or that big giant roast that I used to buy, and then I would put it in the dog food bowl, and the dog would turn its nose up. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't do big box stores. I like butchers. I like, um, but but what's better than a butcher is going out and getting your food. Yeah, I and, and I agree. Yeah. Whether and whether it's a uh I mean I I've never been duck hunting. The thought of waking up when it's dark um it, sitting in a swamp doesn't sound fun, but I love duck and it's a challenge. I'm hearing different stories about duck hunting and what's really fantastic is I have available half of the clothes so i'm already halfway there and i've got a gun yeah. <laughs> i just i just need the season and and um i'll give it a whirl yep and it's yes it's very early in the morning and then it gets cold <laughs> but there's a thrill to it there there's a thrill to absolutely everything you hunt and it, it could be a squirrel or or a you know, a shearest moose, it doesn't matter which one it is. Um, they're all, they're all a thrill. They're yeah. all unique in their own way. But in the end, really, you know, you could go out there tomorrow morning and say, shoot a nice year and a half old doe. Mm -hmm. And then for the next 10 minutes, you're sitting there shaking because <laughs> this was so awesome. And, you know, and then after that, yeah, you're going to have to take the the, the sprig branch and put it in its mouth and, and, and bless yeah. the animal and thank the animal, uh, just like they do in Germany with the roe deer and the, right. the red stag. And yeah. And you know, that you'll have that same thing too. When you, when you, uh, when you get a pheasant, when you get a grouse, there's something that we, I think a lot of hunters, I know some don't, but they, they all stop and admire and, there is nothing like something that is, you know, either the dogs retrieved it back to you or you've blood trailed something to where it's laying. Right. That first sight of found it. Just yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge thrill in there. Um, <laughs> just, and it's not one of these things too, where there, there's a relief. I don't want to make this seem like we're all just a bunch of adrenaline junkies either. Um, <laughs> whether it's a turkeys are an adrenaline junkie thing, but, uh, <laughs> but they, there's, there's more than just that, that thrill and that huge rush. Um, especially like, yeah, say you do shoot a deer and it runs off out of sight. When you come upon that deer, when you see it and you blood trail it and you finally see it for the first time, that thrill is there, but there's also this huge relief that I made a good shot. It's recovered. It's there, there was no suffering, right? You know, we get into those things. Um, and you do get that huge relief with the thrill of, of having achieved. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, it doesn't really get old. And, you know, I think I will probably get that. But as we were talking, I've next to me is my magazine of that I get every every other month. And it's really high end recipes. And I, I just sit there and half the time if I'm out pheasant hunting, I'm thinking, hmm, Thai pheasant, oh, yeah. butter pheasant. Uh-huh. <laughs> you had me so, a tie. <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, I went to the Macedonian store the other day and got some seasoning and um I used it last year over um venison burger and uh when I mentioned it to the woman who I was at the store and and she, I said this is really good on venison she took two steps back and she said okay. <laughs> yeah. And yet it, it's a way of, uh, you know, diff- different spices. And when I've cooked it and prepared it for people, they're, they're like, gosh, what is this? This is really good. Well, it's just the same thing I've been eating, but it's trying different foods. And, and um, a lot of times when I'm cooking, of course, I'm my vegetarian friends aren't coming up to my house uh, these days, but... Um, when I'm cooking, people are saying, wow, this is really good. This, it, And I, it's just like take a chicken recipe and throw pheasant in it. Throw, um, actually, I've never tasted grouse yet. I have yet to taste grouse. I have had woodcock. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. So, um, and I'm not worried. I'm, I'm really kind of excited <laughs> about the future. So, yeah. to me, um, I look at, I, I'm thinking of recipes in my head before I'm even out. There, there is that, there's that this year. I, uh, no, it was last year. I learned something new after, after hunting deer for, well, since I was 16, so Mm -hmm. 25 years worth of deer hunting, we always ground the shanks. Ah, nice. And, uh, and dad finally was like, you know, the the shanks just don't go through the grinder really that well either. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially on a deer. You're like, yeah, well, you know. I got an idea. I'm just going to Italian beef all the venison shanks. I'm going to debone them and I'm going to Italian beef them. Nice. And I don't think I'm going to defat or do anything with a shank again. I'm just going to take that chunk, debone it, throw it in a bag labeled Italian beef. And I don't see any other reason to ever need to grind it or fuss with it too much. You know, silver skin and all, just give it to me in a bag. And, uh, so I only have one question. Mm -hmm. What time's dinner? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Post quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, these are 
the, the nice thing about this is I can rest up most of the day and then nice. I can have somebody on in the evening. And so I'm going to kind of chokingly call these the quarantine conversations. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, I want to do something like that with food, mainly because I know there's people out there in your position that mm -hmm. would like to do more hunting, have almost nothing for resource to start, right? Just don't know where to go. Or maybe they're not adventurous enough on Facebook to join a group or, or you know, uh, call somebody they know. Um, mm -hmm. And part of it is how in the world do you find these people? Because they're the ones that have already committed in their mind a bit that they would like to try hunting or they would like to be a hunter because for the same reason, really, I, I love the food. Um, yeah, well, and I have a good friend who uh, forever did pop-ups in Detroit, and uh, we uh, we were doing, well, again, David is head of education, so he'll do a youth pheasant hunt, and mm -hmm. I shoot with my Nikon. Yep. And um, what happened last year is there were some women who were interested and so they changed the entire title of it. It was a new hunter um, hunt. Yeah. And so there were men, you know, adult men, women, children. And uh, I have a girlfriend who studied butchery in Europe. And she's she teaches classes all over. <laughs> She'll teach how to break down a pig. And... Um, she had to start to work on a farm because where do you, you know, how do you do this? She lived in the city too. And, um, you know, it, it really is, um, something, uh, well, I read a great book. It's how to break the habit of being yourself. And it, and it was, if you want to make a change in your life, you can't do the same things over and over. And, when I consistently talked to friends and said, um, my friends go to dinner at like nine and 10 at night. And I just wanted to go to bed early. I'm like, you guys were not that New York cool. I'm not sure why you have to eat this late. And I just wasn't, I wasn't connecting with my friends anymore. I love them. I had great times with them, but this whole brand new different lifestyle is just it feels like it fits for me and you know I, there's so much for me to learn but what I'm learning nearly every day is uh it, it it's just it's kind of feeling comfortable so uh yeah reaching out to people and um I know that DNR class for me was um really big because uh it, you know, it just kind of introduced me, but it, it took a minute to get there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I know definitely the pheasant hunt that we did this year, uh, the beginning of December was really good because there were people who said, yeah, I've never really, I've, I've fished before, but I've never really picked up a gun. Well, if you've never had a gun, we can provide that for you. And um, so it went over really, really well. And, you know, just different types of, of events that you can get the new hunters or someone who's sort of 
hunter curious <laughs> or having a, a meal, you know, hosting a wild game. Right. And that's, you know, I think that's kind of how we all look at the future and say, right. well, we need, we need more hunters. And I'm, I'm not always that just new hunters and more hunters by itself is good. Um, right. The resource requires habitat and with, right. with habitat and, and resource come hunters. Um, and I, and I think we got to be able to have that, that symbiotic, um, availability between both the game, uh, where the game can flourish and then right. the, the hunters as well. But I'm, I don't see us at this point shooting out the grouse. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, or, or the Southern Michigan deer really for that matter. There's a, they are, there's plenty of them just not here at my house. Right, right. But really, there. Maybe if you can put a finger on it, I know. And and your your big motivator into this is food. And I know, whether it's whether it's my GSP or anything else, really, uh, food motivation is is pretty powerful. Was there anything though that kind of stood in your way? Was there anything that what well, that maybe is a a formidable um, barrier for you getting into hunting. I didn't see unfriendly people in your story. I didn't see um, exorbitant expense in your story or anything else. What's what's kind of the big thing that sometimes holds you back? Is there something like that? Uh, work. <laughs> I want to go out in the field more. <laughs> so we have the same barrier of entry. <laughs> um. You know, it, it's one of those things where you have you have a commitment. You, uh, you know, my, my parents are. Um, sometimes I go hang out with them. I, I spend time doing their honey do list, and uh, you know, you, you just you have different commitments, and uh, and then it turns out to be this like stellar, beautiful day, and you're like, ah, oh, I wonder, wonder what it would be like out in the field right now. <laughs> so um, no, I mean, I think. I think I think the money thing is something you either can go out and buy all the big beautiful gear uh and or um find something maybe second hand look at different um um I I bought my very first camo uh, at TJ Maxx and on the tag, it said last year's camo. And I went last year's camo pattern. I went, Oh man, do you think the birds are going to know? <laughs> no, that, that's why we have a new camo pattern. They figured out <laughs> so, the old one. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it kind of, there, there are people that, buy really nice stuff and then they realize that it's just not for them so you there's there's ways and avenues of finding uh ebay you know diff different ways of finding uh gear at, mm -hmm. at a really good value and then yeah i i could have gotten a six thousand dollar gun but uh i shot the guns that i have and i really like them and and they're new to me. So, um, money is not really, a. uh, it, I think more of it is, is time and 
I kind of have the patience of a two-year-old. So when I get out somewhere, I want to do it. And it's more of a, okay, just breathe. And, and let's just learn about what's the weather pattern? What, what direction is the wind blowing? Cause this is something I never did before. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn that and think about that and uh, sort of look for, look for the footprints. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and you can learn a lot from tracks and footprints. Exactly. I, but um, it, I, it's, yep. it's been great just meeting people and, and talking with people and uh, the people that I'm kind of running around yeah. with now are, are very, very helpful. And um, um, yeah, I just wasn't sure which direction to go in. And uh, now I've, I've got some really good people around and um, I don't know that for me, I don't really know that there is a barrier other than I want it all right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, well, and where you live to get up into grouse country, you're looking at what, an hour and a half? Uh, uh, yeah, Ish? probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So similar to me, really, it's not from where I am just over, yeah, just over an hour and a quarter. And then if I want to drive a little bit further North, I can, but, uh, Okay, so, I mean, distance well, thank, is what, yeah, go ahead. No, thankfully, we have a, a cottage in uh, a little bit upper, like, mid-Michigan, and uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, hey, we got to go check on the cottage, right? Make sure everything's okay, right? Can we take our guns? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's beautiful spaces for uh for bird hunting and uh and even you know discovering some new ones just driving around and saying hey i wonder where this road goes to wow look at this <laughs> right right so well good so so yeah i mean it's there's the drive time of an hour and a half to get into grouse country that's kind of standard i think for most of us that live where where there's a lot of work available Mm-hmm. Not the nicest way of saying that there's not much work in the UP, but if I could find enough of it, I'd probably move. Um, <laughs> then, then Shannon reminds me that they work a lot harder than I do. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, then I realize that an hour and a quarter is not so bad. But uh, at the yeah. same, at the same time, you know, the like you said, you have you have the the gun that you afforded, you have the clothes that you could buy secondhand. And really, mm-hmm. the the biggest thing then has been, how do you gain enough knowledge? You have the desire, clearly, because you were already looking around trying to figure out how, you know, or how to get into it. Um, yeah, and again, it's, uh, for me, you know, a lot of these groups, thankfully, social media groups, and uh, you're able to... Um, you know, I, I did have to change my uh, social presence from what I was living before because I would lose a lot of my friends and probably offend them. And I, I don't mean to. Um, they're friends, but they're just friends from a distance. Uh, but learning a lot, I, I, I didn't know what it I didn't know what a choke tube was. I didn't know what. Um, 
you know, six shot. I didn't, I didn't know, um, I didn't know what a rifle was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just figured a gun's a gun and you go out and you, you so it, it's learning consistently, but it's also learning from um, people who've, who've been doing it for a minute. And, uh, and it's just, it's fun. <laughs> it is. I, the thing about the birds especially is that social the social interaction that happens along with the hunting and i love mm -hmm. the part too where and you and i are very similar when it comes to the food um yeah and i i like to lump that in with the hunt i like to maybe not food at the same time as the hunt but i always believe that the the food is the continuation so whether i took a package of something out of the freezer from six months ago uh, right the hunt comes back when you when you look at the writing on the package and and then depending on which kid it was that that wrote lion loin on it when it was really whitetail <laughs> or um <laughs> you know sm smeared stroganoff um <clears throat> depending on if you got it with a buick or with a gun um huh. but uh, those those things um are a big part of the hunter's life i at least i i still feel that way i don't know other people do but uh that's, oh boy, I'm going to get hungry if I keep talking about this. I know, right? I'm sitting here going, hmm, <laughs> too late to eat? <laughs> well, not, not for your other friends. No. No, not at all. No. Um, do, you, do you believe that you could have a secret hunting lifestyle still living where you were before, still doing the same job before in that area? Is that something you think would be possible? Um, mm, I don't know. Or at least that's not without good... maybe some hardship, I'm sure. That's a good question. I, I just, uh, I definitely know, um, and, and honestly, uh, I, I've done a lot. I've, I've, I've thankfully I've traveled a lot. I've, I've traveled to Europe a lot and, um, uh, I just really enjoy the different lifestyle that I have right now. Um, you know, the fact of this time, well, not quite this time, cause it's been a minute, but, uh, when all of this kind of started this whole quarantining, you really couldn't do anything. You couldn't, you couldn't go to concerts. You couldn't go to live performance. You couldn't get on a plane easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's still pretty hard. Uh, I've talked to friends who wanted to go to Spain for four days over New Year's. And there's some countries that are just shutting down uh, and not letting people leave the country. And that's a pretty big, you have to consider that when mm -hmm. you just hop on a plane. Um, so going, having an afternoon free or a day free and, and just having that opportunity to be able to say, whoa, it's still deer season. Let's just drive 10 minutes away and see what we can do. Um, that is just something probably I wouldn't be doing in Detroit. Um, I, I just, I think it would be a little too removed and, uh, I think it would be a little too hard, mm -hmm. but maybe one day I'll have this coming out party to my friends and let them know. <laughs> a few know. Mm -hmm. 
right? You know, I have a freezer full of meat, but um, you know, I people are people, and you can't make a judgment on who they are or what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just feel fairly healthy and uh, really impassionate about my food, and uh, now it's incredible to think that I can just go and find it and get it. <laughs> right. There's uh, the self, self-satisfaction self in a way, but there's, uh, there's a fulfillment that comes from being able to sustainably take what, what you want to eat. Um, right. And I've added gardening th- two years ago, three years ago, oh, somewhere nice. in there. And yeah. uh, what I added was not the feeling of fulfillment. I've the feeling of sweaty, dirty, hungry, tired. Um, and, and then you still have more work to do after you've accomplished all of those attributes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ability to say, okay, well, you know, the, the variety is there and all that other stuff, but, uh, yeah, the, the hunting, the fishing, those all, those all have this self-reliance that come along with them. And it's awesome to hear other people, um, beginning this journey really right you know hopefully there's a deer tomorrow some pheasants coming up yeah uh, and this this thai pheasant recipe which one's it coming out of ah my head oh okay (laughs) i kind of wake up and i either i have to paint or i i have to cook so uh yeah i find recipes just everywhere if you Look at the 134 uh, pages that are open on my phone right now. Um, it's either painting or uh, recipes. So mm. it's a little excessive, but um, we all have our things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, any any type of any type of recipe, if you, you uh, there's a lot of times if I go to a restaurant, I will order vegetarian if I don't really know where their food is coming from. Hmm. Um, we just had Thai food a couple days ago, and and I'm just a little. I, I, it's just me. I I just don't want chicken if I don't know where it's coming from. Hmm. And um, vegetables, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, um, you know, the quality, and uh, I've I've eaten out uh, a lot and I've seen restaurants go from really high-end quality to so-so and that just makes me say nah I'm gonna cook at home tonight I, f- I found that with a little bit of wild game in the freezer and uh, much like tonight when I go out to eat I I gotta have something that I don't normally have the ability to make which is ironic because given a recipe, I can probably do anything. Mm-hmm. And I have enough skill level built up where anything is probably possible. Right. But I can't sit down for a burger or a steak dinner or anything else without going, man, they got me for how much? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm very much used to venison burgers and venison right. steak for that matter. And so by the time that little piece of beef gets back to you you're like yeah mm, i think i've been had yeah it's 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 pretty amazing and uh you know i i just i just think about all these 
little countries that I've traveled to and I've the different foods that I've eaten and uh, um, you know I've eaten pigeon in in the middle of Italy uh, in the countryside because they shoot every kind of bird you can imagine and it's on the menu I've had pigeon in Kalamazoo yeah (laughs) it was probably not as good well well, (laughs) um, but uh, you know so it's it's yeah. Um, I, I'm just kind of a little bit, uh, again, I, I knew a lot of chefs in Detroit and, uh, we shopped at the same, the, at the same markets and at, from the same farmers. And when I would, Eastern market was always my grocery store. And I, I, I don't know what to do in a grocery store. I get lost. <laughs> Yep. Yep. I, uh, every now and then I walk through it and I realize just how much, and as much as I like to say that hunting's expensive, it's because it's, I make it expensive. Right. Um, deer hunting, the more and more you look at beef prices, I think deer hunting, I could do and do more than break even. Um, mm-hmm. and thankfully now all I have to do is the food plots and things like that. And my dad, Grampy, he's, He's retired, so he can come by here with the rifle, and if the boys want to go out with him, all I have to do is the hard work, you know, till it up, plan it, trim <laughs> the shooting lanes, and he comes in and 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 does the, might want to call it the fun job. Um, yeah. I think he likes it, too. but uh, <laughs> It sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, I, he was a guide service for me for a lot of years anyway. Um, nice. That's what he called himself. Do you think I am a guide service? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> well, sorry about that, Dad, but uh, I'll get this one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I wanted to have you on mainly. I, I know you were a new hunter, and I was thrilled uh, to get somebody <laughs> else's. I mean, I can sit here and talk to lifelong hunters, and I love talking to them, too. Um but to have somebody who's new to it and explaining how they how they made that jump from you know civilian and hunter to to now hunter civilian to hunter but uh just this is exciting for me anyway i appreciate <laughs> you coming on and uh i'll wrap us up here thank you ladies and gentlemen for uh, joining us here on the bird camp podcast and uh thank you to lisa ann for taking the time to let me ramble on and let her talk. And (laughs) if you have any uh, questions, feel free to reach out on Facebook at bird camp. Uh, That is the easiest way by far to get a hold of me as well too, is if you found the content of this to be worth your while and worth listening and you feel the desire to support uh, the podcast, go to Patreon under bird camp. And I ask for the modest amount of a cup of coffee or a happy hour special, something of that nature, something where we would have probably had a conversation like this one 